Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. I'm Cosmo, the first head. And I'm Dane, the poster head. Uh, Two-Headed Game Master is a podcast about writing, designing, running, and playing role-playing games, where we discuss our favorite hobby, share our thoughts with you, and play some games sometimes. Cosmo, what are we discussing today? Because we're not playing. No, we're not playing yet. Uh, today, we're continuing our little uh, mini-series, I guess, um, about actually getting started creating stuff for your adventure. And today, we're talking about creating the enemies for your role-playing adventure. Um, so... I mean, first thing is enemies should fit into your story, right? If, yeah. Otherwise, if you know, why bother? Right. right? Duh. And... Our categories, the categories that we're going to discuss tonight, um, they're for any sort of setting, adventure, uh, genre, whatever. Um, Any type of game, this is just like general advice. Um, So, you know, it's all about making sure what you're creating fits what you're doing. And a bit of a disclaimer here, we're discussing the creative process, not specifically using any sort of uh monster manuals or like other you know like lists of enemies official resources for like bestiaries i mean what we talk about today could be applied to using yeah. a monster manual or bestiary it definitely could but, but we're not we're not here to like teach you how to uh um how, how to, to like, work out the challenge rating right, or whatever or how to homebrew a monster based on like appropriate stats to equal a certain challenge rating we're talking about conceptual um ideas when it comes to the idea of creating enemies for your stuff yes um so we're going to talk about the purpose of the enemy right and then we kind of categorize some purposes again uh like the last episode this is just our thoughts it's not like you know a textbook approved, peer-reviewed list here. It's just kind of how we think of it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about... Uh, we're going to talk about giving bad guys a purpose. We have a couple different purposes that we're going to go over. Um, and I'd like to... Another little disclaimer here. You might hear similar stuff like this. You might see similar stuff like this. This is just the way we thought of it. You might find guides for creating enemies that are broken up into completely different categories but what we thought about what we decided to go with is their purpose in terms of the story so uh little outline of the purposes we're going to go over we have the purpose of the enemy is being fun to beat up like just there for a fun fight um the purpose being to deny entry or progression in the story to the players to deny them progress of some sort uh the purpose of weakening or uh directly challenging the players in some way or other and then the final purpose being to actually defeat the players because that's the thing mm-hmm. sometimes and why when we'll talk about that to die. we'll talk about why you might create an enemy whose job is to actually stop the players versus an enemy whose job is to get punched by the players and die and then we're going to do a little bit of creation like uh we keep mentioning this is part of like a little series where Mm -hmm. we put together all the theory and make 
Yeah. You're going to hear this. You're going to hear this culminate in a live play session. And so we're going to create an enemy for that live play session using, yeah, at the end, using the guide and all the stuff we talk about here. Uh, So let's, yeah, let's talk about purpose and that being the categorization that we're using to divide up different kinds of enemies. So encounters with enemies should always have a purpose, right? And I think we think it's better for the role-playing experience if you think that purpose through at least a little bit, right? That's It's pretty easy, right? Everything's got a yeah. purpose. Think about what that purpose is. It will help you make that, like, fight with the enemy better for your players. Mm-hmm. Seems simple, but worth saying. Yeah. And our little... The... the the reasoning behind this, we think, is, you know, you want to make every encounter meaningful. And this is specifically in terms of, like, combat encounters and enemy encounters and stuff. But just because it's a fight, you still want it to be... Well, just because it's a fight, it shouldn't not have any meaning. Right. It shouldn't just be filler people. to be like, oh, right. well, we got six hours to kill, so I'm just going to throw a bunch of random goblins right. at uh, you. And I would say... Like, that could still be the purpose. That could be a legitimate session. Maybe that's, like, the player group that you have, and that's all they like is just, you know... A horde mode. Yeah, punching their way through a dungeon or defending a point in, like, a horde mode type thing. Maybe that's all they want is just to, like, fight a bunch of guys who are there to be fought and beaten. But even then, though, like, you think about the purpose. Then it's serving a purpose. Right. The horde example... The enemies get stronger and if it's like a survival thing, right? Mm-hmm. See how long you can hold out. Well, then, you know, the enemy should get progressively stronger or more numerous or, you know, something to push your players. Yeah. Right? Because it's not fun if you just do, well, it could be fun. But I think six hours of beating up weak goblins where it's just like, you know, one-shotting a goblin that runs at you. It's going to get stale. Yeah. Because, like, how many ways can you chop up a goblin? Probably a lot. Yeah. But after six hours, I think you might have found them all. Hmm. So, you know, even if it's just for a fight, you still want to make the encounters meaningful. You want to use them to, uh, you know, to, to tell your story. You want to use them to enrich and, and you know deliver all the all the stuff that you've come up with because like you know usually as a game master you've done a lot of work you want to immerse your players in all the work that you've done to create this setting and this adventure and you know this story so you know enemies good way to do that and i guess you know that brings us to our first uh the first purpose of enemies in terms of categories that we've divided enemies up into. Right. So one purpose the enemy could have is they're just there to beat up. Yeah. Like, they're, it's fun to beat them up. Right. A combat encounter, like, you probably want a combat encounter in your game. Especially, you know, if you're, like, if you're not playing anything that specifically is, is designed to avoid that, your players are going to want to get into a fight. Your players are going to want to, you know, explore that. So, how do you how do you how do you go about designing enemies that are fun to beat up? That's the that's the first category. Uh, yeah, and easiest thing to think of is just their minions, right? Yeah. They're the the like the big bads 
you know, little shitheads that are a dime a dozen and you kill a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Right? Because, like, yeah, who doesn't love punching a horde of goblins? Right. A horde of goblins is a great example. Um, and I think turning to, like, to film and television, especially, like, action stuff, that's a good way to to find examples. So, like, minions are, like, all the goblins they fight in Moria in uh, the Fellowship of the Ring. You're kind of waiting for something to happen. They hadn't been in a in a fight. I don't think they. Well, they fought the 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 Nazgul or the yeah the riders, but right. but, but they like, didn't really have like a you know that the, wasn't yeah. a a real fight. Yeah, that wasn't know. like a straight sword to sword confrontation. So they got they got to fight some minions to just like you know move through that part of the story. That's the thing that happens in this part of the story. They fight some goblins in a cave. Or, you know, like, all the the thugs that, like, Batman beats up. It's Mm -hmm. not important who they are, and they don't really offer that much of a challenge, but it is important for, like, you know, an earlier midpoint in the Mm -hmm. story to have a combat encounter and let your your players kind of cut their teeth. Yeah, it's proving ground, right? You know, that's why you throw... That's why mini-stories all over the place, like... You fight a couple minions early on, right, to get a feel for your abilities and, like, what the strength of the enemy is. And it's just kind of like uh, information gathering, right? Yeah. It's not, you're not really, or the players aren't in any real danger of dying from, like, minions. But it does give some information, like, oh, you know. These minions, they have a certain sigil on them. Yeah, these type right? of minions are who you find in this place. And like, oh, they're wearing this badge. Mm-hmm. What does that badge mean? They work for them. And then that becomes like, you know, the thing that they do next. They they ask around. They do some investigating. Figure out like who who hired these guys to attack them or whatever. Mm. Um, but So they're weak, right? Yeah. The minions or the fun to beat up enemies. That's their weak. purpose. Like they are there to... Challenge the players to a fight, but also to lose the fight, mm-hmm. pretty much assuredly. Yes. They can, they can, uh, well, later on, when we talk about some other purposes of enemies, uh, we can br- call back to this. But, like, just fighting a minion, players are going to win that fight. Yeah. Right? They could complicate things, though, when you're fighting, like, a mini-boss and whatever, and then throw a couple minions in there. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if it's just, you know, a couple rad roaches, I mean, you can just go up and stomp on them. Right. But you still, you know, you sometimes want to have that for your players. Uh, and that that characteristic, being able to just, like, go stomp them, mm-hmm. that's kind of the main thing. Like, they should be weak difficulty, so whatever system you're using, they should be balanced so they're fairly easy to hit. Um, they should be balanced so that they don't take more than one or two hits mm-hmm. to be taken out. And, uh, you know, they should be numerous, but not too numerous, because you can you can change an encounter from, like, a fun-to-beat-up encounter to, you know, a life-or-death struggle or even, like, mm, the, right. you know... 10,000 yeah. goblins, that's... That's pretty tall right. order. They're not going to be able to handle that. And, you know, if the purpose of the encounter is for them to have fun wailing on some bad guys, 
don't give them so many bad guys that mm-hmm. like no matter how many they kill, they still can't win. That's because then you're not you're not sticking to the purpose. Right. Um, what you can do to like if like this is the type of story you're telling, uh, you can combine individual like minions into like groups or like swarms, you know, like a swarm of bugs. Yeah. Right. Or swarm of rats. You don't have to make individual stat blocks for each of your 100 rats. Just say, yeah, swarm of 100 rats and just kind of group it all together. So like they attack as a group, they take damage as a group. Yeah. And that, you know, that does it helps speed it up, right? Cuz like right. fighting 100 rats where you could, well, you know, depending on the system you're running, could be maybe you get to attack twice in a turn. So, if it's just one player, that's 50 turns at minimum. Yeah, to beat them all. And that's not fun. And that would just take forever. So, you know, you can do that. You can group them into, you can group them into like a unit or like a mob or a swarm. Especially if they're, you know, little. And you're like, yeah, this basically counts as a minion. This encounter is there for you to like beat them up. Um, But you can, you can shake it up that way. It doesn't always have to be. Uh, you know, like skeletons or goblins or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, and then, yeah, we're going to we're gonna come back to these, like, fun-to-beat-up minion-type enemies mm-hmm. who exist to be beaten. Right. So that's their purpose. Their yeah. purpose is to be beaten, but to give the players a chance to cut their teeth, yeah. you know, feel around what their character abilities are, gather information on the enemy. And even though behind the screen, players might not actually be in danger you kind of like this is how you telegraph that there is danger yeah or that there's going to be more danger well like Mm -hmm. get in a fight and like ooh, okay now we're like on the lookout and maybe we kick their asses but if a bunch more come up or if they bring Mm -hmm. bigger friends then it might not be so easy um so one of the other purposes of an enemy is like the deny entry and like progression type. Yeah. Right? You know, this could be also a type of encounter, like a closed door, but, you know, we're talking about enemies Yeah, here. we're talking about so, actually making characters who you fight. Right? Like a gate guard who is really powerful and you can't fight him head on, but you need to go through like his little gate. So you got to come back later or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, that's the type of enemy we're talking about here. Um... So, they can be defined by a couple of other things. Basically, like, you start with the same idea of, like, a fun to beat up enemy, uh, a low-level scrub, a minion. But if they are there to actually, like, deny progress unless they are defeated, then you probably want to juice them up a little bit. Um, You might increase whatever their difficulty to hit is in whatever system you're using. You might increase that a little bit, or you might make it so that, you know there's a failure state like a gate guard is a pretty good mm-hmm. example if you don't you know if you don't deal with him like quickly he he might like run away he might you know run away with the key yeah he might run away with the key and now shit oh we've locked off this progression mm-hmm. now, now we, we can't go, move the story yeah, forward until it. we go find him and get the yeah. key back or uh you know Maybe maybe he like has a password or something, so it becomes a thing where like you gotta 
you got to like non-lethal take him down mm-hmm. and then like interrogate him or, or bargain with him to give you the thing. And that, that becomes a different sort of encounter. But he begins as an enemy who is more difficult to deal with mm-hmm. than just like a skeleton who you hit a couple times and he falls apart. Right. Um, these guys are good like for this type of enemy is good for like kind of the open world side if you're doing that in your in your game mm-hmm. like you know um a dragon guarding a horde of treasure mm-hmm. not on the main quest right but if they want to like but like know. maybe there's something good in that yeah, treasure yeah maybe there's something good in the treasure or the players just need money and mm-hmm. there's like well this is a thing we could do we could go after this dragon's treasure and that would be kind of a tough fight you know, depending on how you run dragons, I guess, and right. what sort of fantasy right. dragons. Like, this I'm is, not but... talking D and D dragons where they're like all. Well, there's littler yes. ones. They yeah, could right. be like a warm young dragon. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, it could be something like that where like they're not going forward in that direction unless they deal with the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing that that's good for, well, another thing that's good for this sort of enemy is like changing them up a little bit, adding things adding things to their character sheets or their stat blocks or whatever that um, that shakes things up. Because usually right. this is not, you know, a mob of minions that you're going to chew through. This is one or two guys or, you know, like one sort of monster or like, a you know, some spiders in a forest, that type of mm-hmm. thing. Um, so giving them some extra stuff, like the ability to call for more friends. If like if you don't take them out silently or if they survive, I don't know, like D4 rounds of combat and you still haven't dealt with them, then maybe their friends show up. Yeah. That's a great way to signal to your players that there's something different about mm-hmm. this fight. This enemy is special because, like, oh, we're used to just killing bandits who they do one of two things. They move and they attack. That's all they do. But then you got these spiders, like, spinning webs and shooting webs, slowing you down, mm-hmm. right? Ooh, interesting. Yeah. These guys are a little harder. Or you're stealthing through, you know, you're stealthing through, like, an enemy compound, and they have the ability to, like, sound an alarm and call for their friends if they, like, find a dead body or if you, you know, if they see you. So then it's not just you know, kill these enemies, it's stay hidden mm-hmm. and kill these enemies. And then your players yeah. have to do more stuff. You know, it just, it ups the difficulty, it ups the interest level, and it makes a more interesting encounter when they have to do more, when your players have to do more than, mm-hmm. you know, just roll to attack and just, you know, be rolling for damage right. and so, soaking up the punishment. If you're thinking that an enemy would be great for whatever encounter you might have planned, right? You know, maybe the encounter is a deny entry to, you know, the treasure at the end of the cave, right? Or maybe it's saving a hostage at a bandit camp, right? The the things you should be thinking about are it should be harder than just fighting a fun to beat up enemy that just attacks and punches or moves and attacks, I mean. Mm-hmm. So, like... Maybe the minions in your story only have one stat and like that one number that works for every stat, right? Maybe this this uh, higher level enemy, if you will, has some variation. Maybe they're really good at looking 
Like, you know, their perception is off the charts. Yeah. But they're not that smart. Right? Yeah. They could be the same as, like, you know, if you were fighting the mob of goblins, they could be the same goblin, basically. But you're changing them into a character whose purpose is to deny progress in a certain direction by making it so they're really good at finding the players if the players are sneaking. And if he does find them, he'll, like, he'll raise an alarm. He'll ring a bell. And if that happens they're not going to be able to progress in the direction they wanted to. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's like, you know, the minions, the weaker enemies that are fun to beat up, they can also fill this role, right, by sounding an alarm, bringing their friends. Or maybe it's just like, yeah, let's try to climb that mountain to see what we can see. Oh, shit. Is that a 10,000, you know, strong horde of goblins coming over? Maybe we don't go that way. Mm. Yet. Right, you gotta yeah. wait for them yeah. to pass or something. Right, so then they deny progress, and it's you know it's generally progress that you want your players to achieve. Like mm-hmm. you want them to to enter the 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 next area, or progress the story to the next chapter, you know, segment, whatever. But you want them to have to do something to get there, and then have that next thing be a reward. Yeah, I think it's a very poor. It would be a poor um, choice to, like, say you didn't plan for them to go down the left fork of the path. So, well, my question would be, why'd you put it there in the first place? Yeah. Second thing is, oh, if it's like an unbeatable enemy there, your players will break themselves against that. Yeah, then they'll try really hard to, they'll be like, well, why can't we? And they'll... And then it's like, oh, well, we'll come back later when we're stronger. And then, oh, we still can't beat it. And then, so... If it's like somewhere that your players are absolutely not allowed to go because maybe you didn't come up with it or they're getting too off track, don't use an enemy for that. Mm-hmm. Use like a force of nature. Like earthquake happens and that bit of the island is gone. Yeah. And maybe also maybe just don't put stuff right there. Like if you don't want them to go there, just don't have that door be available yet. But um, yeah. So moving on to the next purpose. In and we're we're ascending again. Getting you know stronger and stronger bads here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next purpose that we kind of laid out is their purpose is explicitly to like weaken or challenge the players before something else or along their way to something. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are these are your your tough fights. Yeah. Right. Which can also add in you know give uh, a little. Excuse me. Randomness. Right? Like if you guys have been or the players have been grinding, they've been grinding levels or grinding gear or whatever, and they're like, Yeah, we're feeling really good about ourselves. Maybe we can go kick that lich's ass. Mm-hmm. Right? But you know as a game master they're gonna die. Yeah, they're not so ready for it. You throw like um what would be like a level below lich, like a well, like in D and D specifically. Well, I don't know, whatever. Like, uh, I don't know. Not like an arch, right? Because that's in the, uh, yeah. that's in the opposite direction. What well, I know lower? there's a bunch of undead. I saw some. Whatever. I, I saw something be... a while ago that uh, apparently in D and D there's undead for basically every level. Mm. So okay, how something just, below a lich. Just send a send a skeleton captain after him. Yeah. That. It's going to be, like, it almost kicks their asses. And, like, it might kill one or two of them. Mm-hmm. Then that, like, signals to the players. It's like, 
well, if we can't beat that guy easily, how the fuck are we going to beat his boss? Right. Um, and another another example that I like uh, doesn't actually come from pen and paper gaming, but comes from a video game from Darkest Dungeon. Um, and if you're not familiar, it's a dungeon crawling game. But one of the mechanics is you can camp if you're on long dungeons. And a sub-mechanic of that is there is a chance to be ambushed in the night when you, like, make your camp in the dungeon. Um, and that actually serves a really interesting purpose in that because it's all about, like, economizing your players' abilities, uh, managing their health and their morale. And, you know, say they're on a hunt for the boss and they're taking a camp before they, like, you know... Do the, the boss room. Do the final stretch and take down the boss in his in his room. What if something happens to challenge them? And the point of an enemy like this is to, you know, eat away at some of their health, mm. spend their spell slots, spend some of their special ammunition, and then get them to examine, like, ooh, okay, so that maybe didn't we're go not so hot great. Shit. Are we ready for this? And maybe they still try, yeah. you know, and that's fine, but the we're talking about an enemy whose purpose is to weaken and challenge the players by eating up some of their resources mm. in terms of, you know, health, ammo, spell right. slots, that shit. If you are familiar with Darkest Dungeon, mm-hmm. another great one is, like, that fucking collector zone, bitch. Mm. Like, if I'm on a boss mission and I fight the collector, chances are I'm just scrapping that Yeah, mission. you're not going to finish because, the boss mission. like... That guy's probably gonna kick my ass, mm-hmm. and like I still beat him. But then I just then there's no coming back from that. Yeah, and the collector and the the nighttime ambushes there random encounters, and we have that written as a little point here under these <laughs> level of enemies. Like using them as random enemies can be really really good, especially if you're doing an open world type thing mm-hmm. or any sort of like overland travel. Yeah, and maybe they're like, oh, do we have enough resources? Are we gonna make it to our destination in time? If you really want to like challenge whether they are or not, this is the sort of throw throw this type of enemy. Yeah, them, throw right? a type of enemy that's like tough and is going to soak up some of their resources. Right. Mini boss is a great term. I don't. think Yeah, I've mini boss. Before, mini boss is a good. We're term. talking about mini bosses here. This is also uh, in terms of other games that it would fit into. This is like the wandering monster mechanic in in Dungeons and Dragons. If you're doing a dungeon crawl, mon- monsters just you know. Random encounter tables, great for this sort of thing. You want to make this, like, kind of unlikely to happen. Maybe, like, a 1 out of 10 every time they stop for the night or something. Mm. But if it does happen, that's pretty significant. This is really going to, like, throw a wrench in their plans. And then that's going to, you know, further enrich their experience when they have to pivot and adapt. Right. And so these type of enemies, they... You know, we're going in in um, strengthening order or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, so they should probably have more filled out stat blocks and more abilities, right? Like lasting abilities that really kind of or could fuck up like mm-hmm. the player's next decision, right? Like what if a player gets poisoned? Yeah, and this, just this is a great one for something like that, like being poisoned or cursed. Mm-hmm. These are the sort of enemies that should do that and be like, oh, fuck, can we proceed no, we have to, like, completely pivot from what was our mission in order to, like, take care of one of our party who might not make it otherwise. Right. Or um, something, I've never used it, but a mechanic that I really like conceptually is the Rust Monster in D&D, something that can, like, take mm. away permanently. 
Your gear? Some of their gear. They'd be like, oh, you were sleeping and you didn't notice and a rust monster crawled in. And this, like, doesn't have to be a really difficult fight. But no. give them a couple chances to, like, roll to catch this pest, mm-hmm. you know, rummaging through your camp. And if they don't catch him, then, oh, like, oh, shit. Your sword's gone. A couple people have, like, permanently lost gear. And, like, okay, are you going to go on this? Are you going to finish the mission? Or are you going to go back to town and kind of try and regroup after your armor has been eaten by a monster in the night? Right. Because then that also just leads to great roleplay, right? Because, like, all right, they go back to town. They get their equipment in order. And then they're out in the wilderness again. Okay. Last time we had one person on watch. Let's put two people on watch. Yeah. And like now, you're like, you know, maybe two people aren't getting their rest that they need. Right. So now, no more nighttime ambushes. Mm-hmm. They're keeping good watch. They're making sure nothing happens. But maybe they're uh, at some sort of disadvantage when the fight comes because two of them didn't right. get to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last, uh, the last category again, in ascending order of, like, difficulty and conceptual challenge, are the enemies who you put in the game explicitly to defeat the players. And, you know, by this we usually mean, like, a boss fight. or the big bads. Something that, you know, is some sort of climax culmination. Um, And we have here, I think this is a good little soundbite, this type of enemy, um, the story does not move forward unless you beat this type of enemy similar to the deny entry deny progress type of enemy but this is like this is it if you fail here you don't move forward and you probably die right this is the fight or die scenario trying to think of a cooler phrase for that but whatever Mm -hmm. so couple of things they're defined by, obviously, higher difficulty. So, you know, less likely for your players to hit them, higher health, stuff like that. Um, some resistances can be good, some sort of, like, armor. If it's, you know, sci-fi, whatever, maybe they have a thing that, like, negates gunfire for mm-hmm. the first couple rounds. It's a... a like got a, a kinetic shield or Yeah, something. a shield that, like, eats up gunfire for the first two rounds of combat. And they're like, shit, well, that was a waste but then his battery dies, and then you can mm. you know start shooting him. But um, right, or the cla- the you know the classic video game thing is like, oh, there's a shiny yeah, pillar, the, you know, shooting a beam of light towards him, and he's invulnerable while that's happening. So yeah. like, let's go kill the pillar or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Stuff like that, you know, uh, abilities that are unique to the layer that they're in, and legendary, you know, actions and reactions. Those mm. are D and D stuff that like make these monsters harder to fight. Stuff that your players have to take into account in order to beat them. Um, stuff that requires uh, prep. Stuff mm-hmm. that requires preparation and like research on the part of the player party. That's good. Um, and, well, and their characters, not necessarily yeah, like, yeah. You know, the players yeah, outside players, the game players pulling up the be, monster manual. Right. Players shouldn't be trying to like you know get a look at your notes and understand that stuff. But like in game, their characters do some research. You know, like in The Witcher, you do some you do some sneaking around, you do some poking around and sniffing and, and looking and mm-hmm. touching, and then you find out what you're fighting. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to go make the oil for my sword. Yeah. Right? So stuff I need like these that. kind of bombs. Mm-hmm. Silver bombs. That That's what helps me beat a, a vampire, right? Right. And, like, this can be telegraphed throughout the story, like, you know, all the way down to the minions. 
Maybe the the minions are all afraid of light. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, it puts the idea seed in your char- player characters' heads mm-hmm. that, like, mm, fire might be good to take in, right? Like, everybody... That's a great idea. Light your torch. Yeah. To, like, telegraph over the course of a campaign. Maybe you're, like, fighting skeletons or, you know, some, like, other undead. And maybe you mm-hmm. only encounter them at night. Mm-hmm. And that's telegraphing that, like, oh, when you fight the vampire who's in charge of all the undead... Right. Like... Challenge him at night, or challenge him during the daytime. Go, like, you know, break down his door during the daytime because he'll be weakened. If you challenge him at night... You're going to die. You're probably going to die. And this is also not the time um, as a game master to pull your punches. If you are Mm -hmm. telegraphing that stuff, and this is the end of it, and you have created an enemy for this purpose, like, you're having a fair shot at defeating the players. Mm -hmm. If they did everything right and they prep well and they roll good they could they should be able to win but this is when you're actually trying to stop them yeah uh my my usual take on this is uh like how i split it up is if the players if the player characters prepped well then they don't have to roll as good Right, like there's like a mm-hmm. safety cushion in there. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. if they're just rolling like shit, because sometimes that happens, and it's really frustrating as a player if you're rolling like yeah, if you can't roll above like a ten, and that's just consistent mm-hmm. all session. Even though you're making good decisions, you're you're being a good sport about metagaming, you're doing yeah. all the right things, but you just can't get the fucking dice to work. That's where like the prep will come in and lift that player up for me. Or that yeah. character up, right? Yeah, you can be like, oh, you did some research. You did the thing. You um... Right, so you notice, oh, there's like a crack in the ceiling and a little bit of light's coming through. Right. And you know that light is going to hurt the vampire. Right. And so you can see like, well, then that character might be like, all right, well, I can't roll to fucking hit mm-hmm. with my sword, but maybe I could climb up on this ledge and, you know, let some light in through a yeah. broken window or something. Mm-hmm. And... Some stuff that they wouldn't have to roll as much for. They wouldn't have to yeah. roll as high for. They might not even yeah. have to roll at all if it's just like rip aside a curtain. Right. Yeah, you don't have to roll. Now there's light. Vampire hates that. Mm. You've helped turn the tide, but, you know. But, so, like, so essentially, uh, if they don't do any, like, prep that I put, that I've set up for them, and they roll bad, probably an 80% chance they die. Yeah, then, you know. Because yeah, this is this is really the time to kill your players. They might yeah. die at other points during this, mm-hmm. but, like, this is... The players die or they win, and that's, you know... That's all you got. Those if are the if two you, options. If, if you don't have those stakes, then why are you having a big final confrontation, yeah. you know, in the first place? Right, then it's probably not, you know, a boss. It's probably something else, mm-hmm. right? So bosses, right, I just want to hit this point. They can do anything the players can, right? If the players can cast spells, the bosses, man, uh, they don't necessarily have to cast spells, but, but they, they might yeah. be resistant to magic. Right, they or have to have like abilities that. to match with that. And I would also say, um, so that's what it says here. Anything the PCs can do, the boss can do. Uh, I would say even push that a little bit further because this is another thing. Not... Um, I don't know. I don't have a ton of like empirical evidence to back this up, but this has been my experience in every game system we've ever played or tried and done anything with. And I know it's explicitly true for the current edition of Dungeons and Dragons. 
the challenge rating. Which is fifth, by the way. Yeah, fifth. It's I know what year it is. Yeah, but like, you know, when we're really popular 20 mm, years down the line. Right, and they're playing like 6.5. Yeah. They might be confused about. <laughs> Which edition yeah. we're talking about. Here. We are, yeah. We are current. <laughs> when we play Dungeons and Dragons, we play fifth edition if we play D&D. Because that's what's current. Um, the, the turn economy and the action economies make it so that whoever has more... Uh, individuals on their team is almost certainly going to win. Mm. And if you have, you know, four player characters and four low-level goblins, then the players are going to, like, wash that fight easy. Um, even if you have, like, equal numbers, it tends to turn on who has more players because it's about the chance to, like, deal damage. Right, and that... which is why most of the the higher-level creatures in D&D, they mm-hmm. have multi-attack. Multi right, they have multi-attack, and... and they have legendary actions. They have, like, bonus actions that mm-hmm. happen in between player turns and stuff. So uh, if you want a bad guy, this this doesn't just apply to D&D. It's, it's about just, like, the general concept of turn economy. If you want them to stand a chance against... Um, a party. A party that outnumbers them, then these bad guys need to be able to... They need way more actions right. than an individual player character. They need three actions character. a turn or, you know... Yeah, and a couple to everything bonus actions right? in between yeah. player turns and stuff like that. Um, and that's just... that That's true across mm-hmm. systems because that's how turns work. Right. Also, you know, great thing for the boss fight is throw some minions in there. Complicated, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think, well, it's a gimmick that we use a lot, and I like it, right? Like, the boss summons, you know, a random number, right? A D6 of minions each turn. Yeah, that's great for, like, you know, a necromancer who can raise skeletons, Mm -hmm. or, you know, a bad guy has, like, attack dogs or something. And so, like, they're always coming, and it's up to the players to manage... Right. The big boss and all these yeah, little guys. Like, someone right? has to do crowd control, and mm-hmm. then someone has to, like, start wailing on the boss. And if you're going to do something like that, you need to be talking as a party. You need to be like, okay, we'll hold him off. You take him down. And, you know, maybe have, like, a sniper hanging back, mm-hmm. increasing the amount of damage per turn. But, you know, whatever. Uh, stuff like that. So, that's the idea of an enemy whose purpose... Because remember, that's the, those are the categories. What is their purpose in the game? An enemy whose purpose is to defeat the players. Those are kind of the... That's the skinny. The, the points about when you're thinking about coming up with it. Mm. Um, so, before we move on to the creation bit, let's just recap the different types, right? Mm-hmm. Before everyone forgets, right? So, you got your, your weak enemies, right? The ones that are fun to beat up. They're your minions, and that's your that's their purpose. They're fun to fight. Mm-hmm. They're they're basic. They don't got a lot going on stat wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're numerous, but uh, you know let's keep um keep control of the the numerous bit because if they're a giant ass horde of ten thousand, that's that's a different enemy, right? That's a different purpose. They're not fun to beat up anymore. They're very scary. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, there's the deny entry or progression, right? So those are your harder enemies. Uh, they have more going on in their stat blocks, right? Uh, you know, they can do a couple of abilities. Um, 
And they're there just to mainly say, hey, oh, you thought this path was unguarded? Well, it is guarded. So, mm-hmm. you And know, you're not moving forward unless you take care of me yeah. first. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got the, the weaken or challenger players. And so, like, these are your mini bosses, mm-hmm. um, the enemies that can really put the hurt to the players. Still not a very high chance. Well, zero chance of wiping the party. Yeah. They, sh- they shouldn't wipe the party, but they might do some but, real damage. you know, a good chance of killing one if, like, mm. they're just focusing on that one. Maybe, you know, it's a it's a guy you pissed off earlier or something like that, mm. right? Or leave some permanent effects on mm. the party, like a poisoning or a curse or destroy some of their gear permanently. This is a good place to use that. Yes. And then, and then you have the strongest, right? Mm. Your bosses. Guys your... who are whose purpose is to defeat the players... Because this is the end, and they either win or the players win. Mm-hmm. And they should be tough. They should have, uh, you know, fully developed stat blocks usually, and they should have extra abilities and actions to counter yeah. the turn economy of fighting, you know, a group that outnumbers them. I do want to say it's not necessarily the end of the campaign. Like, these are not reserved for the end of the campaign. Yeah, it doesn't have to be, like, the end all. You can put these scattered throughout. Mm-hmm. But it is a climax of some point, right? Like a side quest storyline could have one of these players or Mm -hmm. one of these enemies, I mean, with the purpose of defeating the players. But it doesn't necessarily end the campaign, right? Right. All right. So So we're going to pivot to creating our enemies. And if if you've been listening along... Uh, for the last couple episodes, you know we are building towards a uh, a one shot in our afterlife, our post apocalyptic um, uh, setting. Yeah, our post apocalyptic adventure setting, and um, I believe. Well, I'll I'll just recap in general. I think everyone you know knows, but what's going to happen is it's going to be sort of a bottle episode where whoever the player character is, they're kind of on the run but they took shelter in a bar uh, because there's a storm. So there's some other people in the bar to hang out with and do some stuff with. Um, We talked a little bit about who those NPCs would be and how you might interact with them, but there's also going to be a bad guy and Mm. we're going to tell you about him now ahead of time because, well, we want to, it's a secret. Yeah. It's a secret. Don't tell uh, whoever we get to guest with us and play the, uh, play the outlaw in this in this session but um since the player character is going to be an outlaw on the run we've already talked a little bit about this but we're going to go through you know giving him some Mm -hmm. of this stuff uh this character is going to be a bounty hunter and the reason he's going to be an enemy is because he's going to show up partway through the adventure because he's come to apprehend the player and the player is going to have to fight this guy or deal with him in some way or another. Well, so there's... If you are keeping up, right? We talked about NPCs. Uh, that episode, we threw out if the only interaction with that character is to fight, they're an enemy. Yeah. Which is what this is going to be. Because yeah. one of the key points of this bounty hunter is they're doing it for sadistic sport. Yeah. It's not about the money... Which is a fun sort of, you know, like, twist on the bounty hunter character, I think. Uh, 
don't know. Maybe maybe other people feel differently, but like I don't find the Mandalorian or Boba Fett to be all that uh, compelling of characters because they have this like this code of honor. That's mm-hmm. like that's why oh the Mando, he and everyone tries to bargain with him. And he's like, no, because I'm a guild man and I, I'm, like, I'm a serious bounty hunter and I can't like be a serious bounty hunter if I haggle with you mm. over your bounty. That doesn't work. But I don't think that's super interesting. So what we're going to do with this guy is he bounty hunts purely for the sport. He takes sadistic pleasure <laughs> in running people down and, you know. Seeing them beg and then laughing in their face. Yeah. Like that gets him right off. Yeah. He's, he just, like, he likes to pick these fights, and he doesn't care about the money. And so far, he hasn't lost. Yeah. Um, so, he, uh, we talked about this a little bit. Um, this guy, he's going to be a frogman, which in the afterlife universe is a species of player character right. that you can be. So, let's, what's, uh, what does the frogman get here? They get... Back a couple pages. Frogman can breathe underwater, mm-hmm. and they have moist skin, which means frogmen get minus one to all rolls when the GM determines that the environment is hot and arid for the turn. All right. Well, it's not going to be hot and arid. No, because it's during a hurricane. Right. During a hurricane on Louisiana coast. Um, so they can breathe underwater. Breathe underwater. That probably, probably won't, won't come, come in. Up. It might. Maybe they try to get, or maybe the player tries to drown them. In, in a, a bucket. In a bucket. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, a barrel of ale or something, right? Right. All right. Water breathing. Yeah. All right. First well, step. so let me let me just read this out real quick. Mm, yeah, we should. Yeah, that's a good, good choice. All right. So frogmen. Uh, these are a breed of amphibious humanoids created post-cataclysm by various genetic research programs. They can be savage and feral, living in sewers and rivers and preying on neighboring communities, but they are also capable of language and human-level intelligence. Frogmen have adapted to integrate themselves with various communities, but are still often distrusted or shunned. They can breathe underwater and are generally more fit and able than a normal human, but they also suffer from certain biological drawbacks. They require different nutrition and significantly more water. They are also generally nocturnal, with sensitive eyes and skin, which lowers their abilities in hot and dry environments. So we talked about how that wouldn't come mm-hmm. up, but the uh, nocturnal, good eyesight, um, physical fit. Like, think of these guys like the creature from the Black Lagoon mm-hmm. is a good, just, like, visual and conceptual reference point. There is a lot of them. They they represent a playable species in mm-hmm. the afterlife setting. Right. And it's up to... Um... Well, it's up to us as game masters to decide exactly how this guy looks, right? Yeah. Um, so, that's Frogman. Uh, they're a bounty hunter, mm-hmm. right? We got that. Um, uh, so, so, what's he packing? What's he packing? Well, I think first what he's packing, um, and I think we should, we should treat this, uh, we'll give it the stats of a poor firearm. Okay. All right. Which which actually gives it pretty low damage comparatively, but what I want to say this is is a tongue attack, so he can like attack. shoot a mutant sticky tongue out. Okay. And um, you know it does damage, but also like if he hits you with it, he can like grapple you and and pull you towards him. All right, tongue sticky attack. Mm-hmm. Um. 
I don't think we actually did this for the NPCs, but a little bit about how Afterlife, um, it, it runs on the Eclipse engine, mm-hmm. right? So Available on our website for free, you know. Yeah. If you want to check free. that out. If you want to follow along, we're wait for mm-hmm. you to go pull it up. Okay. Okay, great. Uh, thank you. So, uh, characters, and because this is going to be an enemy and it's also like the final enemy, they're going to just have a character stat block. Yeah, they're going to have a full character player, stat Player block. character mm-hmm. stat block. Right. So they have um, 45 attribute points to spend and distribute amongst the attributes and 20 loadout points to equip with weapons, armor, modifications, mutations, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, weapon, mm-hmm. tongue, sticky attack. Sticky tongue. Uh, and I would say since we're sticking to these like 20 points, let's bump it up to a fair uh, firearm. A fair firearm. Okay, yeah. so that has a range of eight. That's a long ass tongue. Mm-hmm. It's gross. Does damage of fifteen plus grapple. Mm-hmm. And I would say that would also count. Let's say that counts as a fair mod. Let's yeah. Let's put a mod on that. So let's give that a. Um, let, so that gives him a plus two to because uh, it's a combat mod mm-hmm. so that gives him a plus two um, to like a grappling pulling roll after he hits right so Cosmo's going to uh, game master this session mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna run the other NPCs mm-hmm. he's you're gonna, gonna see some like true two-headed right. game master yeah he's gonna be uh, the narrator and and I'm gonna run whatever. The, the also, bad guy. this guy. But Daniel's so, gonna run the NPCs in the bar. So how I was gonna do it, or how I would do it, is um, the grapple would be uh, strength um, mm-hmm. difficulty, right? So like the grapple mod would add to that, right? Yeah, would add to his strength. Plus attribute. two difficulty of getting out of the grapple. Yeah, or plus two to his role when he uses strength to pull you towards him. Right. Which you would also resist with your strength. Yes. All right. Uh, so that so that would be... That's half his points. Yeah, that's 10 points there because a fair weapon and a fair mutation. Um, so I think, I think he needs two things. Okay. He needs a little bit of protection. Sure. So that we don't have to put all his points into uh, toughness for mm-hmm. him to survive. Yeah. Um. And I think also he needs a melee weapon because I think what he does is he like he does this tongue trick mm-hmm. and then he like guts people with a with a stabber or like an axe or something. Fucking knife. A fucking knife. So, uh, yeah, what do you think about just to keep it twenty? And he's not going to do that much else. He's going to fight the player. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So to keep it twenty, we give him also fair armor. Okay. So toughness of plus three once we once we write his um. Uh, stats, mm-hmm. and we're not going to count out the forty-five points on the on the podcast because that no, just, you know, we're that just we're going to be but, like you know this one should be higher than that one. Yeah, um, and then uh, let's and then a fair I think small melee weapon, and it's some sort of mean stabber. All right, uh, let's see. Well, what? Let's see what would be cool as a stabber for this guy, frog. Uh, 
Let's see, so it's plus 12, or the damage is plus 12 as a fair melee weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see. I'm thinking, like, trying to think animal parts, you know? Okay, yeah, yeah, like it's a, it's a bone, mm. it's a bone knife of some sort. Or like a turtle shell axe. I don't know if that would work, but. Mm. Uh, not, not really for this guy here. What if it was uh, some sort of some sort of tooth? What's a what's a mean panther. tooth? Yeah, like a panther tooth, or um. Oh, okay. This this could be real mean. Beak? No, I was thinking um, like like part of a jaw of a snake, but like a mutant snake. So it's real big. Uh-huh, so it's uh-huh. like a nasty serrated. You know how snake teeth sure. are all like real sharp and like backward hooked and mm-hmm. so you know the 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 jawbone of a snake as like a, a a jagged shiv and what he's doing is like getting you with the fangs all right uh snake jawbone but not a regular snake because most snakes are pretty small it's a mutant, mutant afterlife mutant snake, snake yeah, yeah, yeah. that was probably yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. like a hundred feet long and his, you know, it's a good, it's a good, you know, seven inch blade yeah. there, right? Mm-hmm. Is a big snake. Uh, jawbone sheave. Mm-hmm. Snake jawbone sheave. Uh, what's his armor? Turtle. Uh, turtle. A turtle shell's pretty good, especially for you know he's a frogman. He lives in the Louisiana uh, swamps. Big mutant turtle, or it doesn't even have to be mutant, like a snapping. Right, like a hundred year old snapping yeah. turtle. But actually, that'd be real heavy, but. Yeah, something so like it's that. So a mutant. Yeah. Whatever. He's got it, turtle shell armor. It's a turtle armor. shell armor. So, yeah, he wears like a, you know, a plate carrier that's made out of turtle shells. So, he kind of yeah. looks like a ninja turtle, but yeah. crazy and mean. Also, yeah, psycho. <laughs> All right. So, we got his loadout. Um, so, bounty hunter it was like, like a psychopath. Let me uh, go back. This guy is a boss. This, in terms of purpose, oh, yeah. what we were talking about the whole episode and kind of like forgot to say, this guy's purpose is to defeat the players. Yes. And since this is a one-shot in a bar, so it's a bottle episode one-shot, it is perfectly acceptable as an outcome for the bounty hunter to win and the player to die in this situation. Yeah. Yep. So we're not pulling our punches. We're making a character who is... Uh, equal in stats and gear to a player character. I do have a question. What's what's the damage of the tongue? Like, I mean, I know it's a mm. fifteen value, but like, you think it's, it's a fifteen like, toxin value? Like uh, you, oh, you mean like what type of damage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, or is it just like kinetic? Oof. I think it's just kinetic. Okay. Because um, cool, cool, cool. first of all, we're out of points we to give him yeah, to yeah. give some sort of like debilitating mod to it. Well, I mean, we could uh, we, we could, could split change up stuff, the but... grapple mod into two fairs, but then we would have a point hanging. But... Yeah, I, I two think fours, I mean, I think it's just kinetic, um, but okay. it's also sticky, and that's the like strength grappling mod cool, cool, cool. addition to it. So if he hits you with the tongue, you're gonna get hurt. Yeah. Also, he might pull you in and shiv you. And that's his, like, move, is he gets you twice. <laughs> All right. So, attributes. Bounty hunter, psychopath. Mm-hmm. He's got a tongue. Got a knife. Uh, so, 
Dexterity, probably pretty good. Yeah, he's going right. to have to have good dex and good strength. So those should be mm. probably his, his two, like, his high. top highest, yeah. right? Uh, which one higher, dex or strength? Dex means more likely to hit. And avoid getting hit. And avoid getting hit. Strength is more damage. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, let's do high dex, because we want him to, highest like... Dex, yeah, okay. we want him to hit. All right. Uh, so then that would put strength... As the next highest. Next highest. Um, Perception, mind, charisma. The mental attributes. Mm -hmm. Um, I think his charisma is bad. I would say so. I'd say Mm -hmm. his charisma... If he does, like, intimidations and stuff, he does it with strength. Actually, I guess we should also include speed. Mm -hmm. Speed's like the stepchild. It's Mm -hmm. weird. It's the weird. Yeah. (laughs) Not saying that stepchildren aren't loved (laughs) and it ruins your life. Stepchildren get along just fine. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Um... I would say speed, speed is regular. Speed is regular. Yeah. Three? Yeah. Okay. Three three speed, which is in our Eclipse engine system. That's how it works. All right. And speed is, of three is basic. All right. So then charisma is the lowest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I believe that would be... Oh, and toughness. I can't believe I left toughness off the fucking mm-hmm. list here that I made. I should have just printed out a character sheet, but you know. So I think um, toughness perception... Should be about the same, but I think mine should be a little higher. Mine should be higher. Yeah, I think he's like he's pretty okay. clever to be this mean and do this much. Like you know, True. he's not a scholar. He's not yeah. a you know, he's not a really clever guy. But he's like animal cunning and viciousness, and he like he makes clever little plans to to put people in uncomfortable situations so he can kill them. Mm-hmm. All right. So if that is how. All right. So we got. Toughness of uh, six plus three for the armor. So mm-hmm. that's a total of nine. That's good. Um, dexterity of ten. Strength of nine. Perception of six. Mind of seven. Yes. Yes. Charisma of five. Speed of three. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, and then he's got a fair uh, sticky tongue attack. He has got a fair mod on that, which helps him grapple bad guys. Or, you know, good guys. Whatever. The people he's fighting. It helps him grapple. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he also has uh, fair turtle shell armor. And he has uh, fair uh, melee weapon, a small melee weapon, which is a mutant snake jaw with a bunch of nasty fangs on it. And it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, I wouldn't want to fuck with this guy. We forgot one thing. What did we forget? What's his name? Mm, truth, 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 truth. Well, you're going to be running him. Mm-hmm. He's a frog, man. He's a frog, and he's mean, and he's, uh, I don't know. What's, what's like, a defining physical characteristic that could also be his name? He could, uh, you know, like he could have a scar mm. or he could have some sort of like, you know, just cosmetic mutation. Um, splotchy? I mean, splotchy is... <laughs> Actually, I like splotchy. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. It's not a great uh-huh. name, but I think we're going to go with it. His name is Splotchy because he has kind of like an angry, uh, you know, 
patchy coloration of like you know lighter lighter kind of like pale yellow to like darker green and it's all kind of like splotchy and gross mm-hmm. um but uh that's not what his name is that's right. just what everyone calls him mm-hmm. and he doesn't like it but that's his just like you know well, like, nom de plume yeah. in the mm-hmm. in the Louisiana swamps where he operates as a bounty hunter. They could say, "Oh, like Splotchy's on the job," and he right. doesn't it's like more that. Of, it's yeah. more of like for his prey to be like, "Oh fuck, Splotchy!" Yeah, and then he gets like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna enjoy this," because mm-hmm. he he doesn't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that is, I think. All we need. That's going to wrap it up. If you yeah. guys are enjoying this, stay tuned because we got one more episode uh, about creation. We're going to talk about actually like organizing and designing encounters yep. next. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and then we are going to play. We're going to play this little adventure that we've been creating from NPCs to enemies to encounters. encounters. And it's all going to culminate in a little, a little live action one shot. Should be pretty fun. I think so. Um, what else we got? I think that's going to do well, it for this episode yeah. of 2 Game Master. Uh, check us out at 2HGM.com. We got uh, we got stuff there for you to contact us, give us feedback. Um, Clips Engine for free. Clips Engine for free, as well as some other stuff. We got some Patreon worksheets. link, not for free. Not for free. I mean, the link is free. Well, yeah, to follow, you can click but... on it. But, like, you know, click on it and, you know... That's that's where you give us money if you like what we do. Uh, join us next time for another episode. I already told you what that's going to be, so hopefully you're mm-hmm. jazzed s- up yeah, about it. sufficiently jazzed and titillated for us to finish bringing this together. Real quick, uh, recommend Darkest Dungeon. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit today. There are all kinds of lessons for game masters in that, from encounter design to... setting atmosphere doing a town yeah having just like it's just full of good lessons and it's also full of uh you know cautionary tales and 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 good art things going wrong fantastic art superb voices music it's you know it's it's a top-notch package i'm very excited for the sequel uh i believe that's well early early access is starting soon and yeah we should be getting a sequel pretty soon um, thank you to the Burning Saviors for the use of the song Pond Hill is Finest as the intro and outro for our show. And that'll do it. We'll see you next time. See you next time.